Hey, it's Kyle D'Agostino with Pool & Company Architects in Birmingham, Alabama, and we have another episode of the Pool Podcast. We're talking with Jeannie Crumdike and Ryan Meisner. They're both at Sanford University's uh, School of Architecture and Interior Design, and they're going to talk to us today about the new program uh, for fall 2021, which is an accelerated five-year uh, degree in architecture. <music> Hey guys, good to see you here at Pool & Company Architects. I uh, really appreciate you guys coming by and meeting with us. We've got Jeannie Crumdike and uh, Ryan Meisner from the Samford uh, University School of the Arts uh, Architecture and Interior Design Program. We've also got Faith Bauman with us, <laughs> pronounced it right this time. <laughs> uh, and Faith is an interior designer uh, with Pool & Company. And Faith, talk about yourself for a minute. Um, I'm Mississippi State graduate, just like Jeannie. Um, dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I've been working for about eight years. Uh, started out working in mainly healthcare, but doing a little bit of everything at Pool and Company. So and you've it. been proctoring? Proctoring for Sanford for about three or four years Quite now. Quite a few years. Yeah, yeah. 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 In different studios. Whenever they ask me, I enjoy it. So it's we, fun. Yeah, we love to have Faith over. She <laughs> always gives good feedback to our students. Yeah. Oh, that's good. She gives good feedback here at the office, too. So. Oh, y'all make me news. blush. <laughs> so, you know, so you guys know each other. Um, you guys know each other, yes, right? Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, yep. But you don't I know Faith and... necessarily? Uh, just from when she's been over on campus. Yep. She sat on some different juries for us and, and, and things like that. Jean, I've been on the IDA Alabama board for yeah. a couple of years together. Jean, to talk about, uh, give us some background about you and uh, the university. All right. So I'm starting my 30th year at Samford, which is hard to imagine. I'm really not that old. We always laugh and say the students don't ever change. They're always between 19 and 23 yeah. years of age. <laughs> right. So I can't imagine why I would get yeah. any older either. The gap keeps getting bigger. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It does. But um, anyway, I started, um, I was asked to um, begin my teaching career at Samford with the goal of getting the program um, CETA accredited, the interior design program. So coming from a professional background, a practice background, and also continuing to practice throughout my um, academic career, um, I kind of thought I would be there. I understood you could, uh, you had to get your curriculum in order, and then you began, you had to graduate one cohort, and then you could apply for accreditation. So I thought, okay, five to six years in and out. And um, I'll be back in full-time right. professional practice. And um, as you can tell, uh, really developed passion for it. And um, it kind of became my baby, and I didn't want to let go. And um, so we did achieve accreditation uh, from CETA, and uh, the program now has been accredited for over 20 years. And um, part of my goal and dream, because of my um, professional practice was to create an educational program that mimicked how we practice in the profession and that is where architects and interior designers uh, work alongside one another uh, so it's been a long time coming yeah. and um, have had help along the way and um, kind of kicked off a few years ago with Preston Height on our faculty. Yep. We no did Preston. a lot of background work on the program, did a lot of lobbying um, with the trustees and various people on campus to um, get behind the program and then brought Ryan on three, four? This will be the beginning of year four. Four, that's what yeah, I... No, okay, four. I didn't realize you'd been there that yeah. long. Yeah. yeah. Um, brought him along four years ago with 
his uh, we kind of set the goal before him to kind of take this across the finish line and take what had been done and um, make it work and make it happen. And so with with the teamwork um, of the whole group, I think um, Ryan's done a great job and. We're excited that the first program, first cohort will launch in the fall. In the fall of 2021. And so, Jeannie, you're the chair uh, of the Department of Architecture and Interior Design? Is yes. That right? mm-hmm. okay. And how long have you been doing, doing that? Um, well, I've been the chair pretty much since I got there okay. because I was the only faculty member. <laughs> so, I was the chair well. and the co-chair yeah, and the... The, the lone faculty member, we did have quite a few adjuncts, um, but now we have uh, four full-time faculty and quite a few adjuncts, and then a number of um, professionals in the community that yeah. strongly support the program, which is what I attribute the success of the program to, is really the active involvement of such an incredible professional architectural and design community that we have here in Birmingham. Yeah, that's why I want to get faith in the conversation. Well, let's get uh, Ryan to introduce himself. Tell us what he's, what his title is and what you do. Uh, thank you. Yeah, so beginning of year four, I am not a Mississippi State girl. <laughs> uh, sorry I'm actually from the, mid, <laughs> yeah, I'm from the Midwest originally. So I did my, I have a Bachelor of Architecture from Ball State University. Cardinals versus dogs. Yeah. I had a colleague uh, who graduated from there, Ty Cole. You remember Ty? Yeah, of course. Very good. Yeah, I did some graduate work uh, down at University of Florida. So go Gators there, I guess, if we're keeping it in the South. Yeah. But I spent about 15 years out east in Washington, D.C. And originally practicing out there with a couple of really great firms, doing quite a bit of interiors work as, as, as my work out there. Also, Eventually made a move over to NCARB, mm-hmm. uh, National Council of Architectural Registration Boards. I started working on redevelopment of the ARE, ARE 5.0. That got me into assessment. That got me just really wanting to teach. I mean, I would go out, I would talk to students, I would talk to young professionals about what it meant to you know, get into licensure, what it meant to practice, all those things. And so this is where I think I really want to be. So started looking around and the the position at Sanford was really interesting because there was first of all this great program to just in, insert myself into potentially this uh, interiors program and hopefully be able to contribute there right away but then also this goal of developing an architecture program and uh, so far it seems to be working out I had the, I had the benefit of like Jeannie said, joining uh, a, a train that was already rolling, mm-hmm. but then uh, over the course of the last couple of years, I think we've really taken off. We're at a point now where we're we're ready to go. I mean, first first class starts this fall. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Faith, talk about uh, your interactions with uh, you know with Jeannie and with Ryan at the school to this point. Um, I guess it was probably three years ago now. I think Jeannie maybe reached out to me first initially, maybe even uh, Jim Griffo too, to come Mm -hmm. and proctor and sit on a couple of juries. So I started off maybe in spring and and then again in the wintertime sitting on the final juries for some studio classes. I think I started with sophomores and over the years it's been some sophomores, some juniors, (laughs) some healthcare studios, Mm -hmm. some commercial studios. um, And then back 
last year, I think, or maybe I guess 2020 was a dead year. So 2019, 2019, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. I sat on, um, did a proctor a ship where actually my husband and I both together uh, worked um, with a one of your classes or with Jim Griffo's class. Yeah, it yeah. was the senior thesis it was a class. Senior thesis class. And that worked out pretty well because Tyler's mm-hmm. a registered architect now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You're a registered interior designer. All yep. right, so sticking with the theme. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's something we try to do is um, in that senior project because oftentimes it's pretty complex, can be ground up, it can be you know, a significant renovation. So we like to have architects add alongside interior designers yep. to preceptor and, and really, you know, take the senior students. And I think it's a great transition or segue yep. into the professional practice. Yeah. So I want to understand, get to the understanding of uh, what the degree was up until now and what it is going to be. Until now, it's been um, an interior design program okay. with a BFA in interior design. With the ability to sit for the exam after you the graduated because it's CID. Correct. Okay. Um, the um, addition now, and Ryan can speak more to the specifics, but is to have an architecture track that is a five-year um, Master of Architecture Accelerated Program. And these programs will parallel um, the first two years primarily. And then after that, um, we say split apart. They have separate studios. There's still touch points along the way. I think we have 10 courses that are cross-listed between the two programs. Um, so there'll be some collaborative studios. But I think collaboration um, is really maybe, you know, it's such a word that's overused, but um, we're using it again, um, is that these two studios um, that the interior design program and architecture program will, um, the cohorts will go alongside one another in the studio, that they won't be divided by architecture and interior design, but instead perhaps by sophomore, junior, senior. Um, So our goal is to really let them run alongside one another. Do you often have an open studio environment? I've actually never seen the physical space. We do. So our current studio environment, which is just interiors right now, uh, houses sophomores, juniors, and seniors. Freshman year is primarily art-based, so they're over in a, in a different building taking primary art courses. Okay. Um, we call it a vertical studio. And the reason we have found that it works really well, so we're, I mean, we're a small school, but... Uh, yeah, how many, what, so how many uh, interior design students do you have now? Average class size is... Be- I would say 18 is About an average 18 class is size. the average, so, yeah. you know, just 60 plus mm-hmm. for the, students yeah. for interiors. It's just for interiors since... Freshman to... Right. Yeah. Uh, senior. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 60, but, 70. But that studio, everybody sits near each other. Now, they don't always meet in class at the same time. They don't aren't doing the same projects, but there's this element of passive learning that just happens from Mm -hmm. a sophomore student sitting in the same space as a senior being able to ask them questions being able to kind of look over and say hey hey what are you working on or that's pretty cool how do I do that and that's something that as we move into these two programs we see being really beneficial as well like Jeannie talked about having interiors and architecture students sitting right next to each other maybe it's not sophomore to senior but it's it's architect to interiors and looking at mm-hmm. hey wh- how are you solving this problem because at the end of the day we're all shaping space we're all working in the built environment yep. and and there's this collaboration there's this understanding of how someone else on a team in the future mm-hmm. 
sure. works with you. And well, we still go ahead, Faith. I'll say I think I mean that's just so important because if you're going to work in a firm, if you're not going to work for yourself or mm-hmm. in a strictly interiors or strictly architecture firm, you're going to be collaborating with the other professionals and right. learning to respect what the other does in school is so huge because exactly. when you get out in the working world, you know sometimes there's you know you don't value the other's abilities as as well as I think that'll help yeah. the collaboration and learning the values each profession can bring. That's really the goal to have this interdisciplinary, you know, overlap and create that synergy that you begin that creative process together and learn how to create with other people and not be so territorial. Yeah. So for clar- clarity's sake, there would be an interior. There still be an interior design track. Yes. And those folks will will be able to sit for NCIDQ Correct. after they've gotten their CIDA um, degree. That how it, it it's a CETA accredited program. A, accredited the the program. degree is yeah, a BFA sorry. in interior design, and okay. that's a four year program. Yeah. All right, and and then there will be an a B uh, a BS or it's a B arch or it's going to be a BM arch. Well, how are we uh, call Yeah, we had all sorts <laughs> of options. Yeah. That, yeah. that took a while so to figure our, out as well. Yeah, we started just for, because for students, like nineteen-year-old kids, for parents and it's parents, more important for the parents don't than understand for the this. Well, yeah. like, some what does all this mean? You know, <laughs> when we started, we didn't quite understand That's some true. of it too. We, as we, we originally went through the process. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, it was fun. We originally started this program thinking four two. I mean, most models out there are either four two or a five year B arc when we're talking architecture. Yep. Um, and the four two being a BS with an M, uh, and then arch. going on to yeah the NAB accredited degree yep. in a master's right. program. Um, we have some, some which would be like a Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech four two right yeah most, right yeah yeah. Okay, sorry. Keep going. I'm just trying we, to get. That. Yeah, we have some friends, some colleagues at some other universities, Cal Baptist, in fact, uh, that had just were working on a five-year masters of architecture mm-hmm. program. So similar to the BARC, but really getting it to that more advanced level of a of a five-year MR. Mm-hmm. And we started looking at that, and we thought that that seems like a good path for us. One, I think it's a little bit unique in the marketplace. We also think that there's some financial responsibility mm-hmm. as higher education is starting to change more and more. Um, and so that, that well, is the and path the bachelor's now. doesn't mean so much in these days, right? Yeah. And, and I mean, true. even just, even, you know, if you choose to, to graduate and go on and practice architecture, great. But with a, a terminal degree that's a master's, you have other things that you can do now as well, whether mm-hmm. that's teaching or some other related discipline. Uh, so yeah, we are a five-year MARC. The idea is that it is one track all the way through mm-hmm. for five years. So you can't bail on on year four with the BS? You can. can <laughs> yeah, okay. but you can. But that's not, not what advisable. you're trying to do. Yeah, no, that's not our goal. Yeah. One thing that that is actually good is that we do close out a four-year Bachelor of Science in Architecture. Okay. That for students, for students' parents, that actually opens up some financial ability going into a master's program. Sometimes that fifth year can be difficult. Mm-hmm. Sometimes scholarships run out or fin- federal financial aid. So if a student is in that scenario, being able to close out a, a four-year degree, a four-year that degree, most, yeah, right, that they yeah. get, everybody gets that. But the program right. is yeah. designed in its entirety to be five years, run it Just through. A, yep. A fluid yeah. process. Yeah, so in the same time that um, uh, 
other students at other schools of architecture will be getting a five-year undergraduate degree. You will be offering a five-year master's degree. Yeah. So if uh, I mean, I don't. It's hard to do com cost comparisons because Sanford's a private university, a small right. private university. You know, but. In, in the, theoretically, that should be a more cost-effective solution. So there are other universities doing this. I've, I can't remember who they are. There are. It's not entirely unique to yeah. us. Uh, we're not. We're not going to try and say that. But there aren't a lot. We will. We will yeah. say that there aren't a lot. I think the most recently fully NAM accredited program running this model that we're familiar with is, is Cal Baptist. And okay. We, so we've, which is another faith-based institution, which yep. is what Samford is. Yep. Um, so we've worked with them in a couple different ways. Our programs are not exactly the same. We're very different programs, I think, sure. at the end of the day, but, uh, and attract a different kind of student. Yeah, attract a different kind of student. Right. From a different area of the country. Yeah, so what mm -hmm. is your um, what is your student? or What student are you attracting? Well, Samford, we can't really tell you that much about the architecture program yeah. since yeah. it's just getting started. <laughs> yeah. but, um, you guys have done your homework. So far, you know so who good. You're get. Um, Samford University, only about a third of the students at Samford are from Alabama. The yeah. majority of the students are from out of state and predominantly the southeast. Um Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, okay. um, Texas, Mississippi. Um, and then, of course, there are international students and students from all across the country. But I would say the, the primary draw is in the southeast. Okay. It's regional. I think it's also a student who is interested in foundationally a smaller liberal arts school, liberal arts-based education, and a faith-based university. There are only, I believe, seven faith-based universities with architecture programs. So that includes mm -hmm. your, your Catholic universities, your, your Notre Dames, mm -hmm. Cal Baptist, like we mentioned, a few others. Yep. So that in itself is probably a particular type of student that is looking at Samford versus Tuskegee or Auburn, the other two programs right, here, in here in Alabama. And yeah. I think really only two on the east, east side of the country. I'm not yeah. sure, maybe That three, are faith-based? Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, the uh, what? How does that uh, the faith based uh, piece of it sort of work through the program, or not? It I does. Think it does. Maybe um, whenever you see the the curriculum and you see it tagged as such, that their uh, fourth year project um, we call it a senior project for interiors, and then it'll be the. I guess final studio, yeah, studio number, fourth whatever, year <laughs> fourth year studio, yeah. um, is generally a service-based project in okay. which we uh, partner with a ministry in an underserved country. Um, during COVID, of course, that didn't really happen. It was not international, but we pulled it back in to be um, more of a local um, yep. type thing, but it is more ministry based. Mm -hmm. And I think then there's just um, one of the courses at the beginning of the fifth year of the program is um, uh, related to faith. Yeah, um, it's a faith and worldview course where yeah. it's yep. a uh, it's it's going to be intention is that it is a remote course where students are taking in that class the same time they are working in an internship. And so for some students, that may be the first time that they are working in an office mm -hmm. and they're now starting to get their head around, what does it mean to work in an office, mm -hmm. but also maintain a faith that I've had or like, and, and so there's this, there's this helping students kind of process those things. Yep. And then I think just as a whole, Samford University, um, I mean, we have our 
university core curriculum includes uh, Bible classes, biblical foundations, I think it's called now. Yeah, chapel, those types of things. So all of those, I think, just play into... Our identity the mission as a of university. the university. Yeah, yeah. mission you know, of the university. Of the overall for university. For for and the program. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That, that is just kind of an overarching, yeah. um, or maybe an underlying rather than overarching, I think it's just kind of this foundation that, that things are built upon. Yeah. The, um, go ahead, Faith. I was yeah. going to say so one of the things that was really interesting to me in this program was the option that if you have an interior design undergrad, either from Sanford or even potentially from another institution that you could go on to get a master's of architecture. What yeah. is that looking eventually. like? Eventually. <laughs> Maybe eventually. It eventually. <laughs> eventually. So yeah. let's be really clear. That's not step yeah. one. I'm, yeah. I'm very interested in the answer to this. <laughs> so let's be clear. We are not currently NAB accredited like a Tuskegee or an Auburn too that we've mentioned, Mississippi State others. We are in that process though. Mm-hmm. And that is a process that is going to be six years for initial accreditation. They watch cohort one go all the way through a series of visits mm-hmm. and meetings and stuff all, right. all that whole time. Um, so we need to get that for the, the primary program mm-hmm. to begin with. But we have already looked at and created tracks on, first of all, what does it mean for someone who graduates with our BFA and interior design to decide that they want to stick around. And so what classes will they need to take Mm. additionally and then to sort of drop into that fifth year? Mm. And then also what will it eventually be like to take a student in who has uh, an unrelated degree? Right. Or which could look like seven years or has in the past at other universities. In some universities. But we don't anticipate that being the case with this particular program. But we've got a really take each those each of those as a case mm-hmm. by case yeah, depending yeah. on what you know undergraduate courses they've had and then i guess the transfer student in and then there's the one who's graduated with the bachelor of science in architecture that right. wants the master's so there are these yeah. tracks that we're developing right. um and they're they've kind of been looked upon and and developed as we've been working through this curriculum but they've kind of had to be set aside mm-hmm. as we push through these first six years to get NAB accredited, and then we can really open it up yeah. um, for these other options. But we got to keep our focus on um, what what's important to NAB. The yeah. first, what's yeah. important yeah. to NAB, right? Yeah. And then the first you really program have to get there. Often, right. off and running, and then we then we're ready to. It's hard not to be, you know, excited and market it to everybody. I mean, but we've right. got to be. Those bullet points were exciting to me. It's like, yeah, oh, that's, we've got to be fair, interesting, and honest, right? Totally yeah. about where we're headed. That that's a goal. That first yeah. of all, I already parents or students call in and say, "Hey, I'm interested in this," and I say, "I would love to have you on campus." <laughs> mm-hmm. I just can't yet. Can't do it yet. So if you want to wait around a few years, yeah. come on back. Well, even or here's some other options for yeah, you. Yeah, those students that are at Sanford now that want to change their major, but they've already completed freshman year. Well, we're rolling this program out year by year. Like yeah. we won't offer all five years beginning in the fall. We'll offer year one, mm-hmm. and then the next year we'll offer year one and two, and then one, two, and three. Well, so. that's a good point. So yeah, someone yeah, can't so come you can't in from a third year. From, yeah, you can't exactly. jump in. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, so for NCARB, uh, all right, so can I sit for the exam if I don't have a NAB accredited uh, degree? You're testing me now. Yeah, well, <laughs> you were there for eight years. You it, gotta, de- you know it depend, depends on your jurisdiction. Okay. Uh, licenses are so this is going to be a little wonky but no no i mean the easy answer is uh you have to have a nab accredited degree like that is if you if you have a nab accredited degree you can sit for an exam in any of the jurisdictions there are several 
friends in California. There's some different paths through education, but your clearest and easiest path and your path in the state of Alabama, mm-hmm. uh, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, like everything kind of around us here in the Southeast is to have that NAB accredited degree. Okay. So this is a, an issue or not an issue? Uh, in other words, for attracting students. We don't That's know yet. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, well, how many do you have enrolled for fall 21? Well, we built the pro forma around like five to eight, and I think we yeah, have 10. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think we have 10, 10 to 12. So, yeah. And we, awesome. Somebody <laughs> mm-hmm. the other day changed their major, and yeah. one that actually was a sophomore who decided they'd just stay another year and mm-hmm. start again as a freshman so they could be a part of the program. So, yeah. um, well, you know, we'll, I don't think um, everyone at 19 nor their parents um, can really vocalize or understand the details of what has to happen to get registered and Mm -hmm. take the test and, you know, can sit for um, the registration exam. Um, But we've tried to be very clear in our marketing, um, you know, the once the program is accredited. Those yep. who have graduated from the program will be able to claim that it's not like you, only those entering after yeah, six years, perfect. you know, it's, yeah. it's retroactive mm-hmm. because it's the yeah, work good. of those students who have gotten the program have accredited. Gotten the, yeah, mm-hmm. have gotten so, um, you know, we're very clear that this is our goal and that we will continue to develop the program and pursue accreditation um, regardless of if it takes six years or seven so, years. Yeah, so another wonky thing. So actually, I was just doing the math. And I'm not actually very good at the math. But um, so five years probably takes six years for, to get to the NAB accreditation, something like that. Yeah. And the intern so I, is going to go do three years of IDP anyway. So eight years, they're probably right there to be able to sit for the exam anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. so the way, ooh, if I remember everything correctly, I mean, there, it's a process. There are multiple visits along the way. It is not that NAB comes this fall and says, okay, and then we'll see in six right. years. It's so we're going to know along the way how it's going. We're going to have opportunities along the way to make adjustments. If, heaven forbid, they say, hey, this is something you guys need to work on a little bit yeah, more, sure. we'll be able to do that so that when that ends, we're in a good spot. Uh, let's see. This fall's freshman will graduate in May of 2026 from our program, mm-hmm. and then I believe NAB meets that fall, and then it's retroactive. And, yeah. And so, well, I guess yeah. what I was getting out of my head. I was like, oh, it's really not that big of a deal because by the time someone finishes their IDP, even if they do it quickly, two and a half to three years, they're going to be right there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And having okay. that one year ahead kind of mm-hmm. makes a difference as far as if you're graduating with the master's, but yeah, um, yeah, our, our goal, we have the support of the administration, you know, from department chair on mm-hmm. up to the, the president um, yeah. and board of trustees. Um, you know, they've approved it and they're all for it. And now we need someone to I think donate money for it. a yeah. new building, you know, because yeah. <laughs> we're running out of space already. Yeah. Where are your 12 so, students coming from? I know that we have two from Birmingham. Okay. Yeah, and several and, um, regional that I know the of. Others, I think yeah. one from Tennessee. So yep. I, I can't really tell you the exact demographics. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't excited. believe we have anybody like coming in from Alaska yet that attracted yeah. to our program. But someday, someday we will. We'll like, hey, there's a school down in Birmingham, Alabama that we need to be at. Yeah, I think it's exciting that we're going to see a, a third opportunity um, for a school of architecture and interior design you know, in the state of Alabama. I mean, Auburn has been, obviously been a, a stronghold in, in that. And we'll continue to and, be. And yeah. we'll do that, continue to do it. Um, I 
I work there on occasion myself. In fact, I have to put a CV together today to keep that going. Keep doing it. Yeah. Um, and uh, then, of course, Tuskegee, mm-hmm. right. which is a historically black university in, in Alabama that um, has a significant presence in the architecture world. Yeah. I wanted to be clear, this is not an interior architecture program, which is a whole nother... Yeah. I learned about that when I was starting to go to college, and I had a friend who went, I think he was going to uh, UMass at Amherst, and he was doing interior architecture, yeah. and, I just, and I was 19, so I was confused, um, and didn't understand the difference. Can, is, there, is it worth talking about the difference? Uh, I think it's just n- important to note that, yeah, this is not an interior architecture yep. program. I think there's nomenclature between both professions that confuse people what our existing interiors program has been is a bachelor of fine arts and interior design that will continue to be and then we are offering now an architecture program they are two distinctly different degrees and programs but what makes our approach to both of those programs unique we think is this sort of in and out this ebb and flow of how they work together particularly in the first three semesters, four semesters, mm-hmm. and then a little bit of separation and then coming back and then that additional year in, in the architecture master's portion. So that's that's uh, curriculum, pedagogy. All yeah, that. yeah. Right. We, can, we can go deep down that hole. Well, so I'm a little, I'm yeah. a little bit interested to just sort of, yeah, get a, get a sneak peek into oh. you know, what that really does look like. Right. If I'm a student, what types of things am I learning in this um, you know, sort of collab uh, studio environment? Because I'll say that some at Auburn, kind of their original program, interior design, was through the School of Architecture, mm-hmm. and they started off, I guess, two years on the same track, right. and then they divulged. And the designers that came out of that program are some of the best in this city and they continue to be some of the strongest. And since they pulled it out, you know, I, I think they've lost a lot of opportunity there. So to bring that back and to bring those courses back in shared studios is really exciting because it should bring about more well-rounded interior designers and architects. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that was a little bit of my inspiration as well. When I moved to Birmingham, I was always quite jealous of the design professionals who were here, who had graduated from that program, mm-hmm. the interiors. Um, Which was a dual, dual degree at Auburn? It was not a dual degree, no. but they were housed together in the School of Architecture, Department of, in, in, of Architecture at the time. And the interior design program was a four-year program. Yep. There was the five-year master, uh, the five-year um, professional degree for okay. architects, but they shared their first two years and mm-hmm. they, you know, they, I don't know that they collaborated in studios after that, but they were in the same building. So there was this synergy and this exposure mm-hmm. that I think elevated both professions. Mm-hmm. And that's really been our goal is so that, um, the interiors um, graduates will have a greater understanding of the built environment as a whole, uh, the issues that have to be considered throughout the process, yeah. and the same way for architects, that architects will have a greater sensitivity to what impacts the interiors and how the decisions they make um, you know, dictate what interior designers have to do and how the decisions interior designers make have an impact on the, the built, you know, the building as a whole. We're not just decorators and color pickers, right? Absolutely. <laughs> not at all. And, and I think the whole term interior architecture has come about as a more descriptive term mm-hmm. um, in order to help the public more than anything um, 
understand the difference in an educated interior designer who understands codes and space and all of the critical issues that pertain to the health, safety, and welfare of the users, as well as just the technical issues in getting a building built. Not that we can you know, design the whole thing, nor do we pretend to. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But that's so different than the decorators who don't require an education in the field and have make a wonderful contribution to the sure. overall environment and and I don't want to you know diminish that in any way but it's a small part of what we do yep. as interior designers the decorative aspect of it yeah. so that's I think that's really where this interior term interior architecture has evolved and how we've applied it more of as a descriptive term mm-hmm. um, to better educate those around us who ah oh, they know what an architect does and they know what an interior decorator does but yeah. they didn't ever quite understand I'm, yeah i'm not sure that in, my mother understands what i do for a living could be i get that question like me too. i'm not sure people really understand what re- what interior designers and architects really do for a living, for a living. Yeah. and or or why they or why, why they, they have it. to pay them right <laughs> Why they have to be registered? Well, that's a software that can figure this out. Exactly. Don't you just push a whole other podcast? Yeah. Yeah. A whole right. other bottle of whiskey. That's episode seven. Yeah, right? that's got to be episode with, seven. With the head with more How technology. to get paid for what you do? <laughs> um, but there will be distinct a BFA in interior design, a master of architecture, and there's that bachelor of science in architecture that rolls into mm-hmm. the fifth year. Yeah. Um, so we're not really pushing that because yep. while it is an, an opportunity to get out you're not going to be qualified to sit for the registration yeah, exam right. with that so yeah i was always a, a good friend of mine kyle kirkwood you probably know mm-hmm. uh graduated from princeton and fantastic degree and i didn't know this i mean i went to Syracuse university i thought every all the degrees were mm-hmm. five-year degrees but um yeah he had obviously struggled for many right. years with his you know, four-year degree from Princeton because they, mm-hmm. they didn't have a master's program, right. which yeah. also was shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so he finally, I think, uh, got registered in Colorado, which is one of those jurisdictions where maybe he could figure it out. I can't remember. I remember. Yeah, anyway. Incarp has a handy map, I know. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. no, I've seen that map. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'd like to remind people that the the really uh, our licensure is all about uh, it, health, safety, and welfare. Yeah. Not so we're not hired because we um, can do all these other wonderful things that we do. Ulti- based on our license, right? Mm-hmm. We're right. we're actually hired to protect the protect health, safety, public. and welfare of the public. Yeah. And without that, um, no one's required to hire us to do anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So. And so, w- how strong a role will that play in in both of these degrees because i i find uh, i mean i teach occasionally so yeah. I, I see what the students are, are um, susceptible to, to learning and wanting to learn where is where's that in the mix that's a fair question and a good question um part so i would say our current interiors program uh, we work very hard at maintaining a good balance of artistry where in the school of arts they have a first year all arts based studio art based program Um, but we have some very technical courses in our current interior design curriculum that will continue that will be enhanced as part of the interior sorry as part of the architecture program uh, you know, there will be a materials and methods class. There will be structural classes. There will be building systems classes that we will build on 
beyond the foundation that we have now right. and interiors. And so all of those things I think will be there as part of the architecture program. One thing that we're also really excited is about these now become potential electives for interior students. Mm -hmm. Let's say there's an interior student who just really gets into building systems for whatever reason. And maybe they're only required to take one and two and they want to take some advanced electives with that. Great. We now have the capacity. We are offering these courses in the future that we can't really do now. So we, uh, and then we also have an internship. So we have internships as part of both programs. So getting out, getting some practical experience, uh, understanding what it means to work in a firm and what it means to know that you don't know everything uh in the master's i mean in the architecture program that is specifically placed in that summer between fourth and fifth year with the idea that okay you've got a good solid education up to that point go see how that fits into a firm for a summer and then come back and let's reevaluate where you really want to go what you still need to learn and then because fifth year master's program starts to be a little bit more focused a little bit more tailored on, on individuals at that yeah. point so technicality, codes, all those things are, are part of our current program. I think they will become bigger and just as, if not more important in our future programs. And just um, to add on top of that is that CEDA, the Interior Design Accrediting Body, um, has a whole section in the content standards that relate to codes mm -hmm. that a program must include this, 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 and this. They don't tell you how to do it, but that students must apply um, right. the different codes and that their work um, gives evidence that they understand codes and health safety and welfare yeah. issues. So we can't even maintain our accreditation without having right. that as a big component of what we do. Uh, Faith and I work together on uh, quite a bit of healthcare work. And mm -hmm. so not only do we have the, the quote unquote normal uh, codes and regulations and guidelines, Take but we the code have... the and add five more. <laughs> right. yeah, I'm yeah. sure. we got the, the a whole other group of things we have to deal with. So Faith, um, talk about like how your training, you know, prepared you to be, not that yours came from Sanford, but yeah. uh, just how, but, did, but I think or a lot of how did it, it probably, do or not do? You know? I think it probably a lot of what Jeannie's implemented at Sanford is a lot of what Mississippi State's program probably taught you is was important. Because when I went through at Mississippi State, and this was 2009 to 2013, I graduated in 13, um, we had a codes class. We had a class that taught me how to calculate egress to calculate uh, occupant right. load and this was you know i'm a junior in college we mm -hmm. had a class all about ada we had a and right. one of the things we even got blindfolded and had to walk across the main campus at the at the school just to see how that, how that, how that well, <laughs> we do that as well plus we also have students um go across campus in a wheelchair yep and it's it's enlightening yep. yeah, and they have is. a whole new appreciation for why we have codes yeah. especially ADA. Well, I but, try um, to explain that to my clients too just like yeah it, this is all pain in the butt uh, until you're in a wheelchair. Until you mm -hmm. have to right. experience yeah. it. Yeah. And so ADA is also for, for people who are not in wheelchairs. Right. 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 People think it's just for or whatever. It's for people who don't have hands. Yep. Or right. new parents with a uh, yeah, right. stroller. Right. <laughs> I mean there's all just a sense of like fitting into the greater society that we're responsible as as, as designers yeah. and, and, and think, shaping I that. I think one thing that's nice about our faculty, and that's something that we've tried to build or has been one of my goals, and I'm, I'm sure most universities do the same thing, is to really take our faculty members and, you know, as we hire people, to look at complementary strengths. And um, 
for instance, Charles Ford is, is one of um, our professors who has a passion for codes, mm-hmm. and I could never teach that class. But, no, me either. But he <laughs> is amazing and is creative with it and, and really instills not only an understanding, but even sometimes an excitement about codes in yeah. his students, and I think that's a real gift. <laughs> so yeah. um, one that I can't say that I possess. But So I think it's really important that um, the faculty be able to um, impart a passion for good design and good design is not always something that looks beautiful uh, we hope that is also right. part of it yeah. and um, and that is something that we all hold dear but you know the other part like you mentioned is being safe um, mm-hmm. being functional being efficient and all these other things that we are responsible for as design professionals. It doesn't take long in practice to uh, recognize that the zoning ordinance and the International Building Code probably contribute to 10 to 15 percent, maybe more in some cases, if it's a, if it's a uh, you know a very specific zoning ordinance. The, it, plays a significant role in the, sh- in the shaping and the massing mm-hmm. uh, uh, and the architectonics of the building. Absolutely, right? yeah. Like, it is a design criteria. It it's is. not the, oh, <laughs> shit, I have to do that, right? Yeah. It is, it's it a given. Play, it's a given. <laughs> it is a design criteria that uh, is on the table along with your client's wishes, wants, sure. but it's budget, desires. Schedule, it's budget, everything schedule, else. all of those things, right? It's a given, but it's also an opportunity. And so I think that's what one of the things maybe Charles and or you know we try and do is yeah these are design constraints but they're also opportunities how can we take building shape and massing and use that to influence you know passive systems when it's appropriate sure. and and all that kind of stuff so right. so yes we will guide our students and, and teach them as much as possible related to codes and, and the tectonics of, yeah the tectonics know. of it all right but I think you now this is, is educator speak I guess but we also just want to teach them to think mm-hmm. and we want to teach them to be critical thinkers and to say okay how is this constraint also an opportunity and how do I work through an iterative design right. process and get to right. something that now puts all these pieces together yeah, it's uh, everything's a, is critical thinking. Yeah, right? even it solving is. even solving a code issue mm-hmm. needs to be critical thinking. I mean, there's it's got to at least for me it has to. T- I have to um, turn everything into a design problem. Yeah, right. That exactly. that makes it that much more interesting and less banal. Mm-hmm. Right? I will say one thing I found about our students, in addition to just the professional component is the general education that they get at Samford and the ability to communicate. These students seem to be excellent communicators. And, um, you know, whether that's verbal or written or graphic, um, I think that has become one of the strengths of the students. They seem to be very well-rounded and generally well-spoken. Well, that's good because um, architects, I don't think, are very good writers. We have to talk all the time. They don't always know right? how to spell, but generally. <laughs> well, there's that too. Guilty. Yeah, guilty. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and of course, that's not 100% true, but I think in general, that's something that over the years I've noticed about the students. That you think that's unique to um, Sanford being a liberal arts college? I think that helps. Yeah. And I think the core curriculum that Sanford has, mm-hmm. um, that each student at Sanford has to complete, yeah. um, contributes to that. Faith, did you do an internship when you were at Mississippi State? I did. Um, ours, ours was set up where you did four years of curriculum, and then you had to do a three-month internship over the summer 
to graduate. So, and so I, you got credit for that. I got credit for that, but it was technically a class. It was a, um, like a professional practices or something class. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah. But so you I couldn't would, get paid, but you got credit. Uh, I didn't get paid, actually. That was nice. But, <laughs> double, um, the, they call that double dipping. Double dipping. Yeah, right? I don't know if that's kosher or not, but it was. <laughs> um, but yeah, I worked, at, I worked at Williams Blackstock for three months and got a fast uh, fast experience that I knew nothing. You know, that was, that was, <laughs> was you learn really quickly that you know it's the a basics. Humbling experience. It's, it's it humbling. Is. Yeah. yeah, it's very humbling. Yeah, it's humbling. And so your students will also get credit for their internship. Yes. So it's part mm-hmm. of the curriculum. It is right. part so of the curriculum. So the, the $64,000 question is how is it that you're able to accelerate that which usually takes seven well could take six or seven years depending in sort of the traditional environment that you it gets uh, into a five-year program 168 credits 168 credits yeah. 100 how do you do it 130 this is, this is the parlor trick right? yeah <laughs> look over here <laughs> uh so 130 are undergraduate in the first four years and then it's 38 that are that are graduate so that also includes some summers, summers. Uh, i mean okay. that uh, internship that happens in between and the the remote learning class that happens as a part of that 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 it plays into summers on campus uh, potentially some summers on click on campus uh, I think if COVID has taught us anything right we now maybe doesn't have necessarily some, have to be doesn't necessarily have to be uh, Samford also uses a May term well we're just switching to a May term we're in the process of so we really think that May terms are gonna be a great opportunity students are there on campus already might be easy to keep them around for an extra couple weeks related Mm -hmm. to that which is different than bringing them back for a summer school in Mm -hmm. june or july so there's some may term classes that we'll we'll Mm -hmm. take advantage of or push some of the gen ed things to summer which are already online or and then be able to use time on campus Mm -hmm. a little bit more devoted to uh, degree program classes. Yeah, and uh, you guys probably learned during COVID something about uh, what it's like to uh, do a studio or a jury or a pinup uh, remotely. Yeah. And so I'm assuming that didn't work out that well, although we all figured we all figured it out. I was I on juries. On, I sat on yeah. a jury for them during COVID, and yeah. I mean, it, it kind of consisted of getting PDFs of all their work. And these were the same students that I had proctored in person, I guess, if you, before COVID hit. So I mm-hmm. met them all, but they did a little intro video and told they had to talk about the project as if they were actually talking to you, yeah. pointing, and then yeah. looked at. I mean, it worked. I mean, yeah, to, you that know, was gri- my but I would assume, class that Griffo and I taught, yeah. and yeah. y'all did a great job we appreciate it so much being able to see it in person you know they did the best they could with what they could but i would assume that this this energy and uh, synergy and collaboration that is somewhat intangible i think for lots of people who haven't had a design a curriculum right Mm -hmm. Uh, that that's still uh, a high priority to have that on campus have those students in an open studio environment. Yeah. Yeah, And we touched on it a few times. Yeah. I mean, certainly our preference is to do things on campus together. And we still place Uh, a high value on that, even here at pool and company. And I think our other architect interior design brethren would say the same thing that you just can't really duplicate. and, And maybe some people can, we haven't figured it out, but, um, just this walking by somebody's desk and looking over their shoulder and going, hey, have you thought of that? Or, you know, I really like the way that you juxtapose those two spaces or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it, it just, you don't 
do that in a virtual world. Or, yeah. or I haven't seen it happen. Yeah. The students did not figure that part of it out over COVID. And I think they really missed um, those, you know, 10 o'clock at night to 2 in the morning when they were in the studio together, just, you know, for what whatever they were doing. But they were right. working on projects, right. <laughs> and they were getting a little punchy and whatever. But, you know, I think that that studio culture was truly missed and that's something that we all experienced mm-hmm. and wouldn't trade it for you know, unless you've experienced it you really don't understand yeah. how important that it badge is. of honor that camaraderie is. I'm, I'm here for your 48 star, hours yeah. in a yeah. row i haven't slept it's, right you know yeah. it's that it is that badge of honor that we wear it used to be our scars from exacto knives oh that's it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't do as much of that yeah, anymore right. but your favorite jeans with an exacto knife uh-huh. i remember <laughs> this is the off the wall thing but it's a school of arts um so are we teaching the um students to draw with their hands or are we keeping them in the computer our first year is um studio art and they have a 2d class a 3d class um, a drawing class mm-hmm. an advanced drawing class figure drawing is figure, that in well there? it's not always figure drawing but we yep. do have figure drawing classes yep. as an option but where they hand draw perspectives and they hand you know they learn mm-hmm. different techniques for mm-hmm. crosshatch or t- stipple or whatever yeah. um but Line they weight. they do work you know in lead and in marker and then they uh, paint and you know utilize different medium in their first year and then we and, allow and a digital uh digital foundations class now as well which is something that's relatively yeah. new for our for our program but it's starting to give them a little bit more of a leg up and things like photoshop yeah. um some of the modelers SketchUp. i think they're using in that class so while we we require them to be up on all the recent tech not, well, not all of it you can't be but yeah, you know you to be, be um well-versed at mm-hmm. the level you would expect coming mm-hmm. out of school and AutoCAD and Revit and, you know, the yeah. Adobe Suite products. Um, but we don't discourage. Like, we've had several people in the last few years that did their senior thesis with pencil and watercolor. Really? Yeah. Well, that's encouraging. So uh, we feel like <laughs> a student should be allowed to um, utilize their own talents, mm-hmm. their craft. They can't graduate without knowing it all but you know they still have to understand the technology and know how to apply it because let's face it when we get out into professional practice that's what's being used yeah right but um if if they have the ability we want to encourage them to maintain that and utilize it and apply it that craft to their um, this is an old school type of or probably sounds old school i mean gene and i are closer in age and uh, i mean i you don't look like it but um the you know drawing with uh, communicating information from your hand to a a device that's not a mouse yeah right Right. and that's that's so important in a client meeting exactly that's such a mystery still to clients and and i'm actually not that good at it um but i have always uh uh, been jealous of architects or designers interior designers Mm -hmm. that could pick that up and communicate that idea that quickly Mm -hmm. i mean to me it's uh, I mean, it's a God-given gift in some cases, but it can also be learned and should be learned. It, c- it can be learned. I, I no, feel it has like to be learned. I had to learn it. It's yeah, not a God-given gift. I had to learn it, too. I've gotten, yeah, I've gotten better just since teaching, I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and we, helping respond to students. We had to, our first year was everything was by hand. You had a parallel bar, 
You had T-square. You were learning that you got marked off if you didn't do all of your lettering, lettering. in the triangle. Mm. And, it, you know, and you, then it, that went to Photoshop and InDesign and Revit yeah. and SketchUp. But then that also translated to we're going to do a marker class in Prismacolor markers and color pencils. So you're rendering with markers and color yep. pencils. And, I mean, that there's one interior designer in town, and I'm thinking Jeannie knows him, that can Wallace. just – Wallace. That can just, <laughs> yeah. you know. Everybody had, knows Wallace. Wallace is incredibly yes. talented. So, so yeah. talented with, with that medium and it's just it really is it's just a gift you don't see it that often but when you do it everybody appreciates it yeah but we do I encourage think, it yeah yeah as i think through projects in my studios very rarely do i uh, require a particular medium there are a few that i do there are a few that it just it makes sense to use yep. a particular medium but at the end of the day and my students get frustrated i probably when i say this but i just want them to communicate good design yeah just communicate good design to me in one way or another and then so in some of it, there's some of this entrepreneurial spirit that I also try and just instill in students of like, you have all these different choices, which one's going to work best for you right. on this project? Because right. it might not even be the one that works best for that the particular next project. project. Yeah. That's right. right. That's, yeah. And I it's, mean, it's important that they learn to think about that and choose yeah, that and to, to customize that, what, right? to analyze it. Because it worked on this one doesn't mean it works on that right. one, which is exactly like it works in the office, by the way. Just yeah. because it worked for that one doesn't mean right. it's going to work for this client, even if it's a same kind, you know, similar project. Mm -hmm. And what better place to experiment than school? Because most right. employers are not going to want to pay you to experiment. You just don't realize how much freedom you have in school. You, you know, thinking back on it, there was no budget. There's no limit for the most part. I mean, maybe there's one or two projects they give you a budget, but yeah. you know, the sky's the limit. You can do as many options as you want. Well, and I will sometimes say, there's not even gravity, right? Yeah. I will say fly. that our students are very spoiled um, with regard to access to the professional design community, and I think yeah. that has been one of the most frustrating things to me. While one of the greatest blessings is that they just think that's the way everybody has it because mm -hmm. we counted I think in one semester at Samford we interacted and during one semester with over 48 design professionals from not the, all yeah, in the same class from yeah. the Birmingham area yeah um, and that speaks volumes for the architectural and design community here in town yep. and in the area but the students expect it now and you know we're like you don't understand other universities other students don't right. have these opportunities yeah. that you have and that's we're trying to help them really grasp the importance of that yeah that was one of the things when i was you know looking at the sanford job originally is the just the design community here in birmingham and, and not even just architecture and interiors but i would say you know, sort of all facets of art and textile. I mean, there's just, there's exciting stuff happening here. Yeah. And mm -hmm. there are really talented people here across a lot of different, different facets. Yeah, mm -hmm. a lot of different disciplines. And so to come here and work, right, mm -hmm. to teach, yep. that's awesome. But then to have this ability to maybe just insert this, our, this own little thing of this architecture program that takes yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. Stanford's so, unique in the fact that you're a design program in a metropolitan setting. And that's, you know, Mississippi State is not that way. Auburn is really not that way. Yeah. You have, you know, the, the amount of design professionals you have here is so much greater than a lot of other programs. So that, that to me, is something that would be a draw to come to your program is just the ability to be in a metropolitan city. And yeah, I, and access to other cities, too. I mean, yeah. it's easy. Nashville, yeah. right. Atlanta, yeah. I mean, some, some major 
uh, hubs or growing hubs in Nashville uh, instance. Right. Not, not that far away. Mm-hmm. I want to give you guys uh, the last word Ooh. since you're the guest. Okay. Uh, and about maybe, anything? Or? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, write a uh, so you get two options. Right? It's either about anything or, uh, you know, what uh, an, an important point about you know, the, the co-mingling of these two degrees within the same school of arts. Uh, talk about that or we can, you know, talk about the weather. But, you know, <laughs> or even you, maybe, you know, if, if someone's listening to this that is thinking about going into the design profession or maybe know somebody that's thinking about it. What are the key points for selecting a university for maybe that kind of thing? What would you tell somebody? Yeah. For interiors, yeah. I I think for any university, it's important that they just find a fit in the university, that um, they need to come in and have a community that they can be a part of. And uh, we always say that ours is kind of a a second family or a subset within the university because that culture of studio um, becomes kind of you go through these courses with the same people for four years and mm-hmm. you get to be really close and mm-hmm. I wish that I had been some kind of psychologist like 30 years ago and started this study on group dynamics mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. watch how groups interacted and you know we've had some that come together and they could actually form a firm when they got through based mm-hmm. on the talent and the compliment that they had and we've had some that fight like brothers and sisters but love each other and then we've had some that just could never quite gel mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and and i think some of the most successful groups are those who do compete but it's a healthy competition mm-hmm. and they raise the bar for one another right um but generally i would say that the students at samford are very generous and caring and really try to build each other up and i think that's unusual that seems to be the environment at the university yeah. um you can you know not that you have to be have a strong faith to go to school there, nor will you feel out of place if you don't. But it's not unusual to walk across campus and see a couple of people, you know, sitting on a bench praying for one another mm-hmm. or something like that. So I think just the this is not answering your question, but as far as Sanford <laughs> goes, I think it you have matter, to Jamie. find a place that fits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, first of all. And then I think accreditation is critical. I think uh, one thing that I think is important that that I always wish that I'd had more in my own um, education was that my professors had actually practiced. And I think that if you're being taught by design professionals, um, that adds a lot of credibility and it kind of validates what you're saying. And it would be hard for me to get up and teach something that I've never done mm-hmm. um, beyond theory. Mm-hmm. And theory is important, it's critical. Right. Um, but I think that's something that each of our professors and adjuncts come from professional practice, whether they are involved currently or plan to in the future when lives <laughs> situations allow. Yeah. You know, you go through different phases in life, but I think um, professional practice experience is something that, that I've really emphasized for our faculty members. Um, and you don't have to be a natural artist mm-hmm. um there's so many ways to practice design without or good at math you don't have to be you good don't at math you have to be really good at math there Same are for the people in the back <laughs> louder for the people in the back you don't right. have to be yes. good at math. i mean i think that um just a passion for what you do and, and a desire i mean and you have to love it because as you know yeah. um it we aren't paid like you know 
doctors and lawyers. Um, so but we spend about as much time in school and interns. We spend about as yeah. much time, and yeah. we spend we we do it because we love it, and um, and we feed on it. And I think my profession is also my hobby, and um, good or bad, um, you know, I, I I have to be told to quit working. And I think y'all probably have to. As designers, we design until they say stop, stop. put the pen yeah, down. Right. We gotta, you know, right. go print it out yeah. or punch the button for send. Yeah, but, almost, um, well, I wouldn't say we're not always happy with our work, but I think we always find that we we want to improve it. Right? It always, always can be improved. Can be improved. Yeah. Ryan, what about you? Uh, can I just can I just go with ditto? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think Jeannie hit on on several things that we've talked about, and I think they're really. I think fit is 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 something to important to bring up. I mean, come visit us if this is something you're interested in. Just come visit us at Samford. We've talked about Tuskegee and Auburn here, just in the state of Alabama. I think those are three very different programs with three very different students, maybe. But uh, somebody who's looking for Saturdays at Jordan Hare is not going to be quite as happy uh, maybe on Sanford's campus. And that's okay. So find the university, find the fit, find the faculty that you really connect with as much as you can as a 19-year-old. But I think I'll go maybe about what makes our program a little bit more unique. And, and I, th I think there's kind of three things just to summarize. I think one, that we're a faith-based institution. Mm -hmm. There's not many of us. Um, so I think that's number one. I think number two is the fact that it's a five-year MARC. Uh, and we've talked about kind of what that looks like, mm -hmm. why we did that. I think there's some financial responsibility, uh, some, some fiscal awareness that we were trying to have for students, for future students as, as higher education changes. And then that last part is the fact that yeah, we've had a we've had a CEDA accredited in tears program for a very long time, and we are growing out of that. These are two distinctly different programs. They're going to be in the same department, sharing faculty, sharing resources. But what makes them both great, and what we think are going to make them both greater, is this this in and out of them, and really. I mean, our goal is to create students, to help create students that understand what it means to work across the profession. And maybe day, you know, maybe coming out of school, that's working with the architect across or the interior designer, but that can then extend to what it means to be with the landscape architect right. or the lighting designer or what it means to be on a collaborative team, what it means to know. And the client. And the client, yeah. And what that and collaboration is an, an overused word in everything we talk about, but there's an element of getting along to knowing your right. your role and, and being a part of the team that's I think really important in what we do and in, in shaping the built environment. So there are a lot of really great programs across the country. There are good programs here in the state. We think that this is this is what makes us a little bit unique from some of them though. I appreciate you guys Let's spending uh, almost an hour or maybe uh, with us to talk about the uniqueness of your um, uh, programs, your new program. It's uh, It's been awesome to hear about it, and I am super, super excited for that to be uh, in Birmingham or in Homewood, I guess, actually, right around, yeah, Homewood, right around the corner from my yeah. house. Technically. In the area. Uh, yeah, yeah, and um, <laughs> look forward to having a firsthand experience there, and Faith yep. has been there. and, and uh, Hope to continue. Hope to continue Absolutely. that. Absolutely. We look forward to having you both yeah. involved. All right, so as, uh, as all of this advances and um, guys become more and more successful hopefully we'll have a chance to talk to you about that in the future yeah bring us back it. anytime thanks guys thank, thank you, you.